everybody to another edition of After Further Review with Mark Ferreira and John Pelkey. I am John Pelkey. Mark Ferreira doing yeoman's duty on After Further Review today. Jeff Taylor on the road with a with a paying gig, and I'll be uh, googling that to see what that with actually the, means because yeah. I don't. I have no idea. Yes, uh, seriously. Uh, he Seriously. will be, uh, but he's he's out of town for a couple of days. So, so Mark, you have to handle the technical aspects of the show. For people who don't I do. know, I do. Out, outside of the period of time that you see me on the show, I wash my hands of any responsibilities for the show whatsoever. <laughs> I'm not involved in the uh, the marketing aspect of the show. I do do my due diligence in research, particularly for deep dives. But outside yep. of that, I, I I know nothing. And I remember Jeff saying. You know, I'm, I'm going to be I'm going to be out of town. I'm working. I think the Academy of Country Music Awards or something that he's working. Uh, uh, he's in Nashville. He's in Nashville. Great town um, sure. doing that. And he was like, I don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, I got up this morning and I'm doing my stuff. And I thought, gee, I wonder, wonder, wonder what's going to happen. And then I realized I was not consulted in any way and that you took over. <laughs> and I, I couldn't be happier about it. I could not be happier. Well, we've taken your cue. You've you've yeah. asked not to be consulted in yes. any way, shape or form. I can't. So, I- I'm like, you know, Jimmy Page famously um, used to the way he would he'd like to go to a concert uh, with Led Zeppelin was he wanted to you know, pile in the limo at the hotel, drive up to the back, run out of the car, have somebody hand him the guitar, run on stage, play, then get out. He didn't want any he didn't want any anything outside of that. He, that's right. All, and that's kind of me with the show. That's you. I don't you're the, I, you're the Jimmy Page of after further review. I don't I think like there's it. any doubt about that. I like, you know, that. because a lot, yeah, a lot of people, you know, they, they talk to me, my friends and family mm-hmm. talk to me and the ones that haven't known you for years, like Nana. Yeah. We're, I'm talking perhaps, uh, you know, Brian is scary. Russ Ayers. Russ Ayers is a new listener uh, since this new iteration. He's a, he's a listener to the podcast, a regular listener to the podcast, loves it. And when he saw our commercial asking who to vote for. Yeah. Uh, in our 2020 campaign, he uh, he says he he tells me you're compelling, you're compelling. But I'm a I'm a old good friend, and there's there's two pictures of Russ Ayers in the video, right? Which of course I thought through. Of course you did. Uh, and you're evil. He, but he says he says you're compelling. And right. then my other friend Carl, who's a recent listener, says he has a crush on John. But you know he, he goes you know I've spent more time with Mark, so I guess I'll. I'll vote right. for Mark. So, I think, so my friends have crushes on you. They're compelled by you. Yeah. And they just deal with me. Well, I, you know, I, I, as much as I'd like to bask in the glory of that, I think I will point out to everyone that uh, for either you and I, the key to liking us and enjoying us is to do uh, to be with us as limited amount of time as possible. I think the more, um, you know, they say distance lends perspective and, uh Absence I, I, makes the heart grow fonder. Absence makes the heart grow fonder. And I think that's certainly uh, true with you and I. The more time I someone agree. spends with us, yeah. uh, the worse we're going to look. That's true. So, um, Uncle Bruce has said it best. Uncle Bruce, and, and he's been a character in our show for a long yes, time. Yes, he has. Uncle Bruce. Uh, he's uh, former producer Brian Winnegar's father and is a major character in the After Further Review family. And he has right. said it best. He said, Mark, Mark's best in, in small doses. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, that's the truth. Uh, truer words are never spoken, John Pelton. Me too. I mean, we make an impact in that short period of time. But, no, no, uh, we do. But we need to we need to get our exit. We need to make our exit pretty quickly. Once the, once the impact is made, before, oh, yeah. they, before they, you know, again. I like to wolf. jump in, say something yeah. pithy, 
Declare yeah, yeah, victory yeah. and depart the field. That's 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 kind of my plan for everything. And my my major plan is to do the uh, hail fellow well met, hail mm-hmm. fellow well met, charm everyone I can see, and after one round of charm, get out. First impressions yeah. I'm very good at. Yep. Second, third, fourth, fifth impressions not so good at. And if the friend hangs long enough, sixth, seventh impressions they kind of go okay, I guess he's decent. Yeah. But boy yeah. oh boy, second, third, fourth, fifth, and sixth impressions. Yeah. Yeah. You, your first impression though is very good. Mine's a little more off putting normally. Uh, so I have to, I have to work a little harder to get that sort of initial. I think what I'm shooting for is that people walk away from that initial meeting and go, Oh, well, that wasn't so bad, you know, because I'm sure they've heard, uh, what, uh, what, what it could be like. But anyway, that's enough about you and I, I know, although I will say Lenny and Joe, our two yeah. regular viewers on YouTube Live uh-huh. have chimed in and say, "No, that's not true at all." Yeah. They're very, they're very sweet. Not true at all. Not true. Charm than gin. Now that's a good combination. Well, yeah. You know, absolutely. if I do a room and I charm the room, and then I have a, you know, drink of gin. Although maybe, no, maybe that actually doesn't work. No, no, no. no. We've been, we've been through that. We, <laughs> we were through that recently, recently. with a <laughs> Ferrer Land argument that will live. In infamy. All right, so let's let's yeah. not deal with that anymore. All I all I would say to Lenny and Joe is thank you very much, and you need to travel in better circles. That's that's how I'm going to leave it with you guys. Um, there it huge is. Huge day, uh, obviously uh, opening day of the NFL Thursday night game, notwithstanding, a lot of really interesting stuff happened yesterday. We'll go through get our initial overreactions. Yes. I love that everyone's picked up on that now. There are like uh, you do overreaction Monday, and you get by uh, twelve million hits. Um, well, I'd uh, like to congratulate the Jacksonville Jaguars for the remarkable the run in the AFC North that they're <laughs> bound to have. Yes, and their AFC Championship finally after yeah. uh, in their fourteenth year, twenty fourth year of existence, or whatever it is. Ninety was ninety five, I guess ninety for those. Yeah, guys, this is this is their I guess twenty sixth year technically now. Oh, all right. Well, there you see. There you go. You learn something every day. I was assured there'd be no math before we do any of that. Yes. We're going to do a progressive trivia though. Beautiful. So that's uh, a this, good, this re- good thing. So we're going to do progressive Mark, trivia. It does. Technically we'll master this. So we can see. All right. If we so do that. Is, oh, look is, at that. How do we look? It looks pretty good, right? Yes, it does look. It does look pretty good. We got to change that picture out because that's like a decade ago. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yes, no, I, I have other pictures. I do I have other look, pictures. I don't look half bad. And it is a picture of you not wearing a hat. So, yeah, which is rare. So. All right, here we go. Here are our first set of clues looking for an NFL football player, past or present. I've spent 10-plus years in the National Football League. I've played for multiple teams, all of them, in the NFC. I'm a five-time Pro Bowler. My career number, 600-plus reception, 7,500-plus yards, and 70-plus touchdowns. Those are good numbers. Those are very Those good numbers right there. are very good numbers. Good player. All right. Now let's let's jump into yesterday, Mark, and, and we're just going to do this free form. I'll just get your first impressions. We, we talked a little bit about this, mainly about our teams, the Washington football team in my case and San Francisco 49ers in your case, but um, your overall impressions of week one National Football League games, uh, broadcasts of the games, what it's like without fans, what, what did you think about yesterday and were you like me you just red zone the whole day no i didn't actually i just watched the niners and then watched uh and then followed everything on my phone and watched whatever other games there 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 were but i i uh i am basically used to no fans at this point yeah if it was the first thing we saw in covid the first sporting event we saw in covid 
then I would probably have the reaction I had when I first saw baseball, which is huge depression. But I loved X. I'm fine with it now. I'm used to it now. Like anything else, we get used to everything. Sure. And I thought it was pretty good. I thought everything seemed pretty normal with the coaches or people on the sidelines with masks. That's all fine. A lot of times the coaches don't have their masks on because they're, they're apparently going to be uh, They're apparently the NFL. I saw just before I came on a headline that the NFL is going to uh, reach out to those coaches that were either not wearing the mask or didn't have them over their nose or didn't have them, them on properly. Well, and I think part of them, uh, part of that is just them communicating with the quarterback, them communicating with upstairs, that kind of stuff. They're probably not used to doing it's that like and, anything i don't think people were i don't think there were any uh no one was flaunting anything right i think it's just in the in the heat of battle there's a lot going on but uh, the nfl does say they're going to address that situation i was pleasantly surprised and i know my dolphin friend fans are not going to be pleased with this but i have a soft spot for cam newton as do i and, and i have a bit of a soft spot for the patriots because i do enjoy the greatness mm-hmm. we've talked about this before i they Technically, they're still the they're, they're not the Super Bowl champion, but essentially they're the team to get past, especially if you're in the AFC and especially if you're in the AFC East. And the Dolphins thought maybe this was the chance. There's, you know, I don't how many how many New England Patriots players have opted out, John? Uh, 37. I think 37 They're They have a a roster similar to the 1943 Steagles. I think there's 16 or 18. Two two guys from the Steagles actually on the active roster, and they're in their late 80s. Indeed. So, understandably, people thought perhaps New England wasn't going to be strong. I liked what I saw out of them. I was surprised. I was also a little surprised at how uh, Tampa, once that first drive happened and mm-hmm. it looked like, okay, here we go. We're going to have a, a hell of a year with this, that they sort of steamrolled them. Yeah. Tampa made a nice comeback, but new Orleans pretty much handled them. That was a bit of a surprise. Despite I was not the surprised fact, with the Cardinals and the Niners. Despite the fact that I think if you watch new Orleans, uh, even drew Brees looked like there's still some rust going on there. They did not look offensively, particularly uh, high powered for uh, for much of that game. I think both both of the defenses in those games and I think Tampa has a good defense. Um, I think Breeze obviously a little bit better because they've been together longer. You know, Brady being introduced to a completely new team. I think you saw some of that uh, even in the postgame. Bruce Arians criticized Brady, said a couple of times where, you know, it looked like maybe the receiver had uh, run the wrong route that no. You know, Mike Williams ran. This is our route. These are things that they've had in place. And he made the wrong read. And I think you're going to see that. Um, but I have a feeling the overreaction to this and the memes were just everywhere. Yesterday. Well, I, did, I wasn't following on Twitter, but I can just imagine. Oh, oh. And, and I want to say to Bruce Arians, I guess it might. I guess th- those pick sixes, Bruce, are not necessarily Jameis's fault. Perhaps there's something in your offense. <laughs> Oh, boy. That lends to a pick six because that really put them away. Yeah, it it really did. But I I thought uh, that game was kind of uh, uh, two pretty good teams. I think the Saints are 
I, I would have to say, obviously, after yesterday, a little bit further along than the Bucks. We'll see where that Bucks offense gets. You mentioned New England as well, r- running the ball incredibly well. Cam gives them uh, something that Brady obviously couldn't. But that's a team that I think if they're going to have success further down the line, and if what we saw from Buffalo yesterday is something we're going to see all season, the passing game is going to have to improve. But I think everybody this side of Seattle and Green Bay what you saw was the passing games are going to be, you know, there's going to be several weeks if the passing game's catching up for everybody. Well, I think people are ready to make the MVP race between Aaron Rodgers and Russell Wilson. Uh, Aaron Rodgers <laughs> looked great. The Vikings yeah. did not look good. We talked about this on defense. Seattle looked remarkable. Yep. Uh, and Matt Ryan didn't have a bad game. Not at all. So, what we've suspected about Seattle, despite the holes in their offensive and defensive line, at least yesterday, seemed to bear uh, to bear out. Also, Buffalo, Josh Allen, and Stephon Diggs—they look terrific. I'm—that's exciting too. It's always fun to see a team that has been so much a doormat for so many years. Yeah. And I got to say, the Jets, uh, Adam Gase gets a lot of criticism, as well he should. And his teams always start out slow in the season and during games, and they did yesterday. But again, all cliches applying for the COVID slow starts for the offenses. But they uh, they were game, and in the end, they made some defensive plays. But uh, yeah, Josh Allen, I think, through the first halves of yesterday's game, and I watched Red Zone, Josh Allen was probably getting the most love of anybody uh, yeah. including Wilson and Rodgers, because we expect that from them. And I don't think we expected right. it from him. He's considered a weakness for that Bills team. And if he's not now, that that all of a sudden, that division, which we thought, oh, my, you know, maybe Miami can win, you know, nine or ten games a better team uh, than, they, than they have been. Um, I, I think it's going to end up being very top-heavy between them and New England, between Buffalo and New England. Lenny saying Casey Baltimore still the best teams in the NFL. I don't think anything anything changed yeah. our minds about that at all. No, Obviously, uh, Baltimore looked great. Lamar looked great. Kansas City looked great on Thursday night. Uh, it's going to be interesting. And Josh Allen, what is is it year three for Josh I, Allen? I believe it's year three for. for and Allen. that's traditionally, yeah, when quarterbacks come into their own, right. So it'll be fun. It's it's going to be fun, but it is overreaction time. It yeah. really is overreaction time. The 49ers, because the Cardinals, the Rams, and the Seahawks won, the 49ers are in dead last. Mm-hmm. Talk about a disappointing season, John. <laughs> uh, I mean, it is, is Super it, Bowl runner-ups to last place in the NFC West. That's really a tough. Is it time for Shanahan to go? I mean, I think, I mean, I think, I, I think, I don't think it's too early. He's obviously on the hot seat. Well. He yes. and Lynch. He and Lynch. Um, speaking of hot seats, oh, in my mind, and I don't think this is an overreaction, the hottest of hot seats is Matt Patricia in Detroit. Because they fired Jim Caldwell after a 9-7 and seven season mark. And since Matt Patricia's been there, he's I won know. nine games. He's like 9-23. and 23. And they have in Matthew Stafford a good quarterback. Okay, so, so that's 32 games, roughly. Probably yeah. 33 games because it's two seasons plus one. Yeah, I think they're 923 and 33 one. games, John. I think they're 923 and How many of those games have, have the Lions had the lead in the fourth quarter out of those 33 games? 32. Yeah, probably. I think so. <laughs> Yesterday they had a 20 to nothing lead. That's, that's their brand now. Yeah. It's like get out to a huge lead 
and then let the other team win in the end at the last second in the fourth quarter. It is it is a real testament to an inability to close. Yeah. And you, you have to, in my mind, lay that on the head coach. Absolutely. So if he can't turn that around, if, and I agree, if this kind of pattern continues throughout the year, then he won't make the end of the regular season. In my he probably opinion. won't. Uh, and probably. I'm never in favor of firing a coach during the season. And I know it's week one and overreaction, but to that point, and I had no idea until I read, he has the same amount of wins in his, he, he's coming into his third season. Um, same amount of wins as Jim Caldwell had in his final season. And boy, isn't that the story of the lions? Um, they, they find a coach that can get them to play consistently you know, from seven and nine at the worst to maybe an 11 and five season. And it's just not good enough for them because they can never have any success in the, uh, in, in the playoffs. Um, and they throw that guy aside and then they put the wrong guy in charge. It's oof, boy, could be a, could be a long year. And Matthew Stafford reminds me of another quarterback that I wanted to touch on because, um, we both talked about Philip Rivers and how uh, I would like to have him see success. Inexplicably, you you can't stand him. Um, personally, you you've said that you no, no, you no, no. you you hate yeah. him as a person. I don't. No, no. Though no. you think he's a fine quarterback. No, no, no. Personally, isn't that what you said? No, no. Personally, okay. and again, I know that you love to try and promote false narratives and and continue to say it for years. Mm-hmm. And and if we're fortunate enough to have the show for years. I guarantee you, ladies and gentlemen and others that are listening, that, uh, you know, 10 years down the line, that will be what most people think, my opinion of Phil Rivers. I like him as a human. I think he's funny. I like the fact he has nine kids. I think he's feisty. I like all that. But as a player, he's not only really vanilla, he seems not very clutch in the playoffs. And it's just sort of in the end, as a player, it's like, eh. And he hasn't been very clutch at the end of games when they've had an opportunity, when they were down uh, one possession, and, and we saw it yesterday against Jacksonville, the time, and I know timely is not, the untimely interception, but it always, yeah. you know, it just seems that, and I, full disclosure, didn't watch a ton of Charger games over the last couple of years, but every highlight you saw when they were behind in the fourth and trying to come back, was Philip Rivers throwing an interception? So disappointing loss for Indianapolis. I think going to uh, Jacksonville. I think I think really though, um, Jacksonville, the only stadium with fans. That may have been um, that may have been the deciding factor for the game because Mark they had they had sixteen thousand fans at Jacksonville, or as they call it, a sellout. Yeah, no there. doubt. And uh, it was, uh, but really, really disappointing for uh, for Rivers in that game as well. Uh, and, and and how about the Las Vegas Raiders, John? I, I really, I thought that Traveling was a, across the country. Yes. And involving and, themselves in a shootout. And well, they had a, they had a nice lead and then the Panthers stormed back and yet, and the Raiders responded and yeah, won that ball game. That's a, that's a big win for them. I think it, it, it is a very, very big win for them. I, I, I also think I, I was a, Somewhat impressed by Carolina because everybody, you know, they're they're among the teams that are talked about uh, when you talk about who you think will have the worst record in football. Yeah. And I'll I'll tell you what, two NFC t- South teams lost, uh, three NFC South teams lost yesterday. That's I think right. you could, Washington, I, the Washington Football Club is a no, top that's the NFC division. East. They're the oh, they're sorry. in the NFC. What, what did you say? NFC the, South. I'm sorry. Three three of the four teams lost. 
And I tell you what, if you put those three teams in a round robin right now, Carolina, Atlanta, and Tampa Bay, I I don't think any of them separated themselves from the other yesterday. In fact, I think Atlanta played better than Tampa Bay for portions. Offensively, certainly they played better. And Matt Ryan played a little bit better. And I'm not I'm not gonna overreact on the Buccaneers, but I right. do uh I, I do think people overreacted in their belief that Tom Brady was going to step in and that offense was going to be high powered right away. It's going to take them a little bit of time. And I think they will write the ship, frankly. I, you know, I do too. And we'll see about Atlanta. A lot of us thought Atlanta because they finished strong would have a, a good year, but it's clear that they're, they're the same Atlanta Falcons that we've seen in the last few years. That's, and, yeah. uh, and green Bay is, is, you know, Aaron Rodgers is going to win the MVP and, uh, <laughs> You know, Russell Wilson won't for for the you know twelfth year in a row will not get one MVP vote. Right, he will win the he NFC. Will, he will walk into the Hall of Fame with multiple Super Bowls and having not one writer ever voting for him for MVP. It's just yeah. how it goes. Uh, but yeah, it, it it was a it was a good day. It's you know the Niners are last in the West. You guys, the the Washington Football Team. I believe is the well. No, we're still waiting on the Giants tonight. Right, but right now you're atop the NFC East. Uh, no one else has won a game in the NFC East. Cowboys NFC- were kind of what we thought they might be, though you were disappointed by their offense. I didn't think I, they'd win going to LA. I thought that was a lot to ask. Yeah, but uh, I, the Rams are obviously, I think, going to have a better season than their last year, nine and seven. We both discussed that. We right. both agree there. But I thought that. Cowboys offense. Now, maybe we just give LA's defense a lot of credit, but I thought their offense was a little anemic. Yeah. I just didn't think it was as explosive as it needed to be. It reminded me of, you know, Jason Garrett, the Garrett years. Every, that was all over you. You weren't following on Twitter. I, and I was last night, and I swear that was every, I'm not even going to say every other, it was two out of three tweets was, uh, is Jason Garrett calling the plays? Thing. But, you know, people have to remember, um, Mike McCarthy is a conservative play caller. I mean, that was one of the issues with uh, with him in Green Bay was that Aaron Rodgers thought they should open the offense up a bit. And the argument was always, well, they, they didn't put the they didn't put the weapons around Aaron Rodgers. But there are also there's also a school of thought that that's McCarthy's conservatism. Uh-huh. Um, but uh, I thought defensively against a Rams team that has that has talent uh, that com- running back by committee looks like it's going to work for them. I thought defensively, the Cowboys played pretty well. Yep. Um, but to, but to your point, the offense, like many others are really going to have to show improvement. I want to jump to my team for just a minute, the Washington football team. Um, nice win. And you know, me adjustments are the thing that I find most important in a coach. I think it's what makes the best coaches. Obviously at some point down 17 to nothing, they made, um, defensive adjustments. They have a very good front. Chase Young looks like a no-brainer pick. Uh, sack and a half. He stripped Wentz at one point. They got the fumble back. But uh, he and Kerrigan, the, the veteran on the ends, just uh, wreaking havoc. I thought Ron Rivera's defense dialed up some really, really uh, great uh, blitz packages against the admittedly horribly horribly injured offensive line for Philadelphia. I think, Mark, somebody told me that Philadelphia in the the, uh, course of preseason training, uh, there were eight offensive linemen that uh, have been injured and are unavailable to them. And and that's tough. You know, that's the Philly had 
that last year. They had that problem last year. They their all their entire receiving squad was hurt, and they got healthy just in time to win the division. But they're banged up again this year. But it's interesting because if you look at the total yards, Washington only had two hundred and thirty nine. Right. Total yards, and they got 27 points. They got three turnovers, and that was the key. And, of course, Rivera is known as a defensive guy. He was a defensive player, obviously, and uh, that is a big win, if you ask me. If you're down 17 nothing, and you're gonna, and you look at your final box score and you're only getting 239 yards and someone tells you you're going to win the game by 10, that's a big win regardless. Yeah. And also a lot of a uh, lot of props uh, to Dwayne Haskins uh, for a couple of reasons. First of all, I think he started out three for eight, um, and then got untracked. And I he was seventeen for thirty five for you know not a ton of yards, but no turnovers. Didn't turn the ball over at all. And that's right. for me, you know, a guy really in, into his second year. I love that that he didn't turn the ball over. And more importantly, the story is at halftime because Ron Rivera is going through treatment for cancer that he had to have an IV and couldn't speak to the team and Dwayne Haskins was the guy who stepped up and gave the halftime speech and I know there's a lot of people are dubious of the the rah-rah thing but I do think as a quarterback show particularly a young quarterback to show leadership like that he was doing it on the sidelines as well so I was never in favor of bringing Haskins in in Washington um but I think I'm at this point I would say I'm very very pleased by what I've seen from him last year as he improved yeah. and yesterday as well. Of course, it's week one. The skins will, excuse me, the Washington football team will go one and 15 and I'll be, uh, you know, and, and Rivera won't make it out of the month uh, as the head coach. Uh, Lenny actually believes that uh, Adam Gase is on a hotter seat than Matt Patricia. I, I'm going to, I'm, I'm going to argue it's Patricia. I still think Matt Patricia is on uh, yeah because Gase has a, what third year quarterback in Sam Darnold, how many starts under his belt, Matt Patricia has Matthew Stafford and uh, that team should be much. Well, and to your point, the team he took over was nine and seven and the team that Adam Gase took over was not, no, they they were the jets. (laughs) So I think there's a little bit more rope, but yeah, perhaps Lenny, you could be right. Joe says that uh, there's a lot of talk about the Cowboy pass interference. Offense it was ticky-tack. I'll, I'll give it that. It was ticky-tack. I agree. It was. But to, to Joe's point also, that it shouldn't have come down to that. No. We all know that. And there are decisions made in the game that, that come back to haunt you. And I know in the Niners' case, they had a fourth and goal from the one. They didn't. They chose to go for it, and they didn't make it. They would have kicked a field goal there. Then that last drive at the end of the game, they could have just kicked a field goal to win it as yeah. opposed to trying score a touchdown where they were stopped at the, uh, you know, the Cardinals 15 yard line. So it is what it is. And um, Ron Rivera also, I just want to jump back making a decision. And again, the riverboat Ron thing, which I think is funny, but uh, once Washington, uh, Washington came all the way back to tie it at 17, they had a fourth down from the two or the three um, uh, and they could kick a field goal to go up. And he chose not to kick the field goal and scored the touchdown at that point in time. Yeah. And uh, now his defense was playing really, really well right then. But I, I think there were a lot of coaches that wouldn't have chosen to do that because they would have said, I don't want to come all the way back and then squander the opportunity to take the Give lead. them the momentum. Um, but I like that Ron Rivera said instead, you know what? No, I want I have the momentum now. I want to steal that momentum from them a little bit more. And, and if you think about it, Ron Rivera has nothing to lose, right? Not there. at all. So that's pretty fun. You got a, you got a guy called Riverboat Gambler, Riverboat Ron, you know, in a position where he has nothing to lose. Yeah. That's pretty fun. 
and and yeah, be unpredictable. If you're if you're going to be a, a, a dog all year, and they and and the Washington football team probably will, they're not going to be favorites in a lot of games unless they go on a nice little run here in the beginning. Be unpredictable. What what do yeah. you have to lose? To your point, um, in 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 that division particularly, which could nothing. end up you, you know nothing to lose if the Giants lose tonight. The Washington football team could could be could be the highlight of the year, the wow. week one film. Who knows? All right, let's jump back to our progressive trivia. We are looking for an NFL football player, past or present. Once again, Mark Ferreira deftly handling the technical aspects of the show, showing a uh, multitasking skill that I don't think any of us believed that uh, Mark had. If we could jump back to the first set, let's of go clues. back. See, see, there we go. It's okay. It's, there it's it is. okay. Don't, don't. I've set the set the bar lower. Remember who we're dealing with here. Okay, let's so, set the bar lower. Um, so. Uh-oh. See, are, see, are you unable to go back to the first set of no, clues? No, no, no. I think I can do this. Hang on. Let's All do right. it. And this has got to be compelling for those listening to the uh, listening to the podcast. Yeah. So what we're doing right now is we're about to do another set of progressive trivia. <laughs> and we're going to the screen right now as best we can to see if this works. Uh, here we go. I'm doing the best I can. I'm so sorry for all of the problems that are happening right now. Here we go. Yeah, we're still back to the uh, we're still we're back to the uh, second set of clues. All right. I'm going to read the first set of clues, Mark. We're going to we're, we're going to stop right here. We're not going to go through this any longer. Keep those up. I'm going to read the first set of clues for anybody listening. I spent 10 plus years in the NFL. Uh, I played for multiple teams, all in the NFC. I'm a five time pro bowler. My career numbers, 600 plus reception, 7,500 plus yards, 70 plus touchdowns. Here now the second set of clues. I've missed only seven games in my entire career. It's kind of a little bit of an Iron Man, Mark. We know 10 plus, so at least 11 years, only missed yeah, seven games. That's, that's amazing. I played in the ACC, played in the Atlantic Coast Conference. I've been a first team all pro, and I've led the league in touchdown receptions. Led the league in touchdown receptions. So there you go. Um, we have slated in at this point, Mark, to, to talk a little about NBA, NHL, and Major League Baseball. My question to you would be, do you have anything to add to anything that may have been said about those sports right now? Because I have to be honest with you, I pretty much stayed with, uh, with football all weekend. Well, what's interesting to me is the Nuggets. It's the fact that that's yeah, I, a I wrote three series. I wrote them off. I, I still think the Clippers are going to win, but they haven't looked. I mean, they've looked not. I mean, it, it does. It, it, at times, the Clippers have looked like a bad team in this in this little collapsey couple of games. In my mind, and I don't. I don't understand. Frankly, I really don't. I think the only thing I can point to is that, which I've said this before, Doc is a bit of a playoff clam, mm. and. I expected the Clippers to do what the Lakers did to sort of run over their opponent on I think the we, way to the all did. conference finals. I think we all agreed because the Nuggets are a talented but young team. And this is that's the end the way the NBA works. You generally get boat raced when you come up against a better team in the playoffs after winning a series. And then the next year maybe you take them to you know seven games. But uh yeah, to to your point, uh it, this is some, as surprising as any uh, outcome during the NBA playoffs to me so far. 
I agree. Able to do I thought once the, the Nuggets won game six, I thought, okay, it's game six, you know, or game five, I should say. Uh, I thought, okay, three to two, they beat, I believe they beat, um, not Utah, but the, the team they played first, um, the Clippers, which I can't even recall at the, at the moment, but they beat them four to two. And I thought they were going to beat the Nuggets four to two. And, um, so there it is. It's, it's interesting. They won't have that much momentum. They beat the Mavs, into the, by the way. The Mavs. They beat the Mavs, much. by the way. They won't have that much momentum coming Mm-mm. into the Western Conference Finals if if they win Game 7. Now, the Lakers will be rested, and that's probably good, but the Lakers so far have really used Game 1 to feel out their opponent, and then they've gone on a run and, and won the next four. <laughs> and we've written for, them off every time. Yeah, for both series. <laughs> but it's different. The Nuggets, however, would will have a lot of momentum if they somehow come back from three to one while the Lakers are sitting there on their hands. I don't think the Nuggets will have enough to get by them, but I think that momentum may carry them for a ways because coming back from three one and winning a series is is big. I don't know what's going to happen. I think the Clippers. I have a ninety five percent certainty that the Clippers are going to win that series. I, I I mean, I would still be shocked if the Clippers don't win the series. But I but I will say, maybe not shocked, but I'm incredibly surprised that the Nuggets uh, have, have pushed this to a seventh game. I really never expected it. And I think, um, I, to, to me, it almost assures and I that you're going to see the Lakers in the final. I know that's what you want anyway, but I just, uh, I, I don't trust the Clippers in these situations, they should have shut this down a couple of games ago, had a nice little rest themselves. And uh, I, I don't I, I don't like them against a rested Los Angeles Laker team. Uh, NHL, just very, very quickly, Tampa Bay up 3-1 on the Islanders. I think that's... I'm happy about that. Yeah, I think, I, I, I think there's... Uh, I, the Islanders, that was a nice little run, and they were a fun story, but I think, I think Tampa Bay takes that... Um, the rest of the way um major league baseball are in control looks like the stars are in control as well right in the west yeah Yeah, i think so i think that's what you're going to see you're going to see a dallas tampa bay final i think it's actually a it's actually a pretty good uh a pretty good final uh good time to be a tampa sports fan football notwithstanding mark i know because uh the rays Rays, yeah and the rays over their last 10 have, have only played 500 ball the rest of division doing the same thing boy we've seen a lot of this this year that these divisions, this, I guess it's the, maybe it was the layoff. I don't know what it is, but going through these periods where, you know, there, there aren't really a lot of, there's not really a lot of dominance in baseball and teams are, teams are playing a lot of 500 baseball right now, but Tampa Bay up three and a half on Toronto four on New York. Um, the American League Central is still a decent battle. Uh, Minnesota and Chicago at the top. Cleveland's starting to fall off a little four and a half back. Chicago's playing very well. Yes. Yeah, they are. They're eight and two over their last 10. Um, so the White Sox, who they were, that that's funny. There were a lot of folks, MLB TV, ESPN, who were saying, you don't think a lot about them. And it's true. You think Chicago baseball, you think the Cubs. But the White Sox, uh, could be a difficult out for anybody. Uh, I love Oakland out in the West is up by six and a half on Houston. Um, at this point, while they're 
everybody's mathematically still in it. I think I think Oakland's got that division uh, moving over to the senior circuit. Um, the Miami Marlins are still a great surprise. Three and a half back of Atlanta. Um, and they're kind of ball playing 500 ball there as well. The Cubs are starting to separate a little bit from the Cardinals, though everybody in that, no one in that division played better than 500 ball over the last 10. And uh, the Dodgers still up, but that really fun San Diego Padre team, who I think could give people all kinds of trouble in the playoffs, only uh, three behind at this point, I believe. Is it three? It's two and a half behind. Uh, Joe Connolly, by the way, has uh, gotten our progressive trivia correct. So congratulations to Joe Connolly. So where's your emotional state? At least it was the second set of clues. Yeah, I'm okay with it being the second set of clues. If I get through the second set of clues, uh, I'm okay with it. It's just when it goes in the first that it's just. uh, Now we realize Amanda, Joe's wife, has publicly accused Joe Mm -hmm. of cheating whilst you know, during progressive trivia. Right. And while there's all kinds of speculations as to what may be motivating that from her point of view, it would be odd for her to publicly accuse him of something that he actually didn't do. So I tend to believe he, he, he cheats. Wow. Okay. (laughs) Fair enough. You know, Mark's calling out Joe Conley. I'm just agreeing with his wife. I'm just agreeing with that. that ev- there's evidence out there. Joe has made no defense, by the mm-hmm. way. He hasn't put up any defense. He's now saying fake news. And you know that anybody who says that is either nuts or lying. So there you go. Uh, there, that's that's Joe may be nuts. That's He's a exhibit B. Fan. That's exhibit you know, B, John. We're all nuts to a certain extent. So he may he may be nuts as a Cowboy fan. But I will have to give I'm going to give Joe credit. That as as a Cowboy fan, I expected, like, I've seen some of my Cowboy fan friends screaming about the interference call. Sure, sure. Joe realizing, you know what? We shouldn't have been in that position. But again, it's week one. So let's not panic. All right, let's give uh, the next set of clues in our progressive trivia that Joe got. All right. See if we can help everybody else out. And then we'll jump back. Uh, We'll probably still talk a little more NFL, but I do want to talk about college football. Less on the field than off the field, actually. But let's get to our next set of clues. Now the question remains, can Mark Ferreira get to, oh, back to the first set? Nice. How about that? Well done. Look at you. You're learning. Never, Perhaps. Uh, Mark's a coach's favorite. Mark's we'll, coach's favorite. Never making the same mistake twice. <laughs> we'll see. We'll see. By the way, uh, Joe's wife, Amanda, says she's just a good human, Mark. That's, that's, it. that's what she's saying. Uh, all right. Here we go. Uh, I've spent 10-plus years in the NFL. I played for multiple teams all in the NFC. A five-time Pro Bowler, career number 600-plus reception, 7,500-plus yards, 70-plus touchdowns. All right, now hang on. Let's see if this works. Yeah. It didn't. Yeah. Hang on for right. one second. No problem. And there you go. Ah, uh, I missed. I've only missed seven games my entire career. I played in the ACC. I've been first-team All-Pro, and I've led the league in touchdown receptions. Final set of clues. I've never won a Super Bowl. I'm in the top three Touchdown receptions by active players. How about that? He's yeah, it's fun. Number fun three, stuff. actually. I played four seasons of college basketball and only one of college football. And finally, I scored the Chicago Bears' first touchdown of 2020 in their big win yesterday. That was a big win. Big comeback win for the Bears. So there's and Mitch a- Trubisky. Yeah. 
And there's a lot of, you know, I, I honestly, they, there was a lot of talk about you know, Trubisky starting and Colin Cowherd had a big thing about how it's the Bears aren't willing to admit their mistake. I think it's probably smart because as we've seen from Nick Foles, he's fine coming off the bench. He might be right. better coming off the bench. And if you benched Trubisky and went with Foles, do you think Trubisky coming off the bench is better? I just think that screws with the youngster's head. I think this was the smart choice to make. I agree. I agree wholeheartedly with that. And the evidence is in, speaking of evidence, that Nick Foles could be considered a better backup quarterback than a starting quarterback. Frank Wright, Don Strock. I mean, and you know. the evidence is there. Nick Foles went in for Carson Wentz when they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. So there that is. And if Mitch Trubisky knows that and, and uh, gets that confidence boost, if you will, I just from think- being named the starting quarterback, well, it looks good. And then, and then on top of it, it's a nice comeback, a very nice comeback from 20 points down. Yeah, it, it really is. And, and, and uh, um, again, we, we brought up the Lions issues, the problems that they've had. But uh, I, I think if you're the Bears, the fact that your young quarterback brought you back is more important. Um, a couple of teams we haven't talked about before we jump into uh, into college football for a second, Mark. Uh, we, we mentioned the Baltimore Ravens just in passing. Yeah. A, a very dominant victory yep. for them. Uh, now they were playing the Cleveland Browns. Um, a lot of people had a lot of love for Cleveland before the season. It's like the third consecutive preseason where Cleveland had a lot of love. Yeah. Now, by the way, Lenny's saying we shouldn't put Mitch Trubisky on a pedestal. Not putting him on a pedestal, just simply saying that I think Chicago, they made the right choice in start and having Trubisky as their starter uh, early in the season. And again, you you know, I just think sometimes we give up on quarterbacks too easily. And I think you see the teams that lack success in the NFL mark are teams that give up on coaches and quarterbacks on a regular basis. Right. So that's just what I want to say about that. But uh, Baltimore looks really good. Yeah, they look they, great. They look really, really good. Yeah. Um, they, to me, looked better offensively from the first snap than Kansas City did on Thursday night. Um, I, I, Mahomes eventually got it together. But there, there was a little bit of uh, – that not that that offense not firing on all cylinders. There was a little. They they were missing to your yeah, point. Just just off, just off a little. But and, that first drive they weren't. That first drive took them six plays to get a touchdown. Now, granted, right. the guy dropped the ball, but and that was a long touchdown pass too. So it wasn't. And you know, it was. But they were matriculating pretty. They well. were. And then, they were and then after that, they were kind of missing. But then found their rhythm and scored thirty four points. But you're right, and and Lenny's right. Right now, nothing changes the Baltimore Kansas City narrative. In the NFC, it's a little bit more murky. It is murky. You've got Seattle. You've got Green Bay looking nice. You've got New Orleans looking very good. Arizona won. Yeah. Looking very – I mean, Kyler Murray and DeAndre Hopkins. I'm sorry. Kyler Murray is in his third year, I think, or is it his second year? Sorry. Uh, but he's he's ready he's ready to explode. He had 91 yards on the ground. DeAndre Hopkins had over 150 yards through the air. He's unguardable. You, you can't cover the guy. And then you've got Larry Fitzgerald as well. Watch out for Arizona. Seriously. Larry Fitzgerald too making a making a uh, just a heads up play on a two minute drill. Um, 
yesterday, Derek Abbott, our, our, our good friend, Coast Guard Academy assistant coach, Derek Abbott, uh, who joins the show quite frequently, just uh, saying Larry Fitzgerald is smarter than you are um, because uh, he uh, he grabbed up. They were on a, a, a two minute drill. There wasn't much time left. Uh, they got a reception inbounds. Uh, DeAndre Hopkins makes a great catch inbounds. Fitzgerald grabs the ball from him and runs and puts it down so that they can spike it. And they spike it with about three seconds left. And And uh, had he not done that, had he not done that, they they would have run out of time. And it's just, you know, those are the sort of plays, you know, those are the sort of things that you look back into the season. If that team wins 10 games, you can look back and go here, you know, to your point about, the 49ers, things that would have gone well for them last year just didn't break their way. And this is one of those veteran plays that I think uh, Arizona, you know, I, 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 I don't want to, didn't want to jump on the bandwagon as a, you know, they're sexy to a lot of people. And I think second year for any quarterback can, can be very up and down, but uh, they've, they've got ingredients out there to be, uh, to be pretty tough out. Defensively, they're tough. They put a lot of pressure on Garoppolo and you're absolutely right. That heads-up play by Larry Fitzgerald allowed them to kick a field goal at the very end of the half. And that three points is the difference, again, because if the Niners were at the fifteen uh, Arizona's 15-yard line, at the end of the game, they would have kicked a field goal. Yeah, That would have ended the game, and they would have won. And I agree. Those tiny little things that work out well, if they're 10-6 and six at the end of the year, make the playoffs, they don't make the playoffs because of that one play, that one decision. Game yeah. of inches, and that's what happens, and that's what happened with the uh, the 49ers and with the Cardinals. So, and that attention and that attention to detail stuff is stuff that you for years. And I've said it. You went to Patriots uh, training camp, and I went to Patriots training camp when Disney used to pay people to do that sort of thing. Um, and uh, the attention to detail. I, I was there like the second day at one point, and they were practicing knocking the ball out of the back of the end zone uh, on a on a blocked punt to prevent. Uh, a touchdown and just uh, give up a safety um, the second day. Some yeah. teams aren't, aren't even on special teams until the second week, for God's sake. Arizona um, also blocked a punt, which led yeah. to a touchdown because they only had to have a 10 yard drive to score a touchdown. So there were, they did those little things very, very well. Joe Connolly with the two games tonight, Tennessee um, uh, against Denver and Pittsburgh against Pittsburgh against the giants. Giants. Tennessee is favored. Yeah. Over Denver. I like Denver in that Me game. Me too. I think Denver's going to win and I think Pittsburgh will probably cover. Yeah. So I'm I'm going to go with Denver and I'm going to go with Pittsburgh and we'll see. Now right now I'm 3 and 0 against the spread, John. I have to yeah. I have to mention that. I know that. Uh you picked you did pick Miami, didn't you? I picked Miami. Yes, I picked Miami and I picked uh, so and I picked Los Angeles to beat Dallas. Okay, so you were 1 and 1. Yeah. Yeah. And you were you didn't pick it right uh Thursday night, correct? You didn't think they'd cover. I did not think they would cover. No, I'm 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 wrong on that as well. So we're you're one and two. This means a lot to you. It means a lot to you, doesn't it? Well, I think I, since I'm so proficient at the PowerPoint, I think I'm gonna have to create some standings. Standings, all right. Fair enough. Now again, it's week one, and you're a fool, meaning I'm a fool, <laughs> to have any hubris after week one. But here I am, full of it because it's the only thing I have to have hang my hat on because I'm so sad about the Niners. Ah, again, again, week one. Don't uh, don't lose too much sleep over it. Yeah, I, I agree with you. I like Pittsburgh tonight. I think Pittsburgh can make noise in the in the AFC. I do too. I, th- I think they're going to be. I think they're going to be very good. Um, 
And I do think Denver, I, I am going with the prevailing notion. Um, everything we've heard about Drew Locke uh, has been excellent. Our good friend, Kendall Gammon, who uh, uh, 10 plus years in the National Football League, I think 15 years, I believe, in the National yeah, Football League. 15. 15 years in the NFL, uh, been part of the uh, Chiefs broadcasting team, radio shows, a guy who knows a lot. And he goes back to knowing Drew Locke when he was in junior high playing basketball with his kid. And he's just like, he's a special athlete. And it does seem like everything that we hear is that he's going to uh, improve the quarterback play of that team, which they, they certainly need. I don't know if they're ready for prime time as far as playoffs are concerned, but I think going into Denver yeah, is still, that's the one place because of the mile high part of it, that the fans maybe mean less not being yes. there because you're dealing with, you know, the few places where you still have home field advantage. Miami's going to have it in South Florida, as is Tampa, for the first few weeks of the season. And yeah. you're going to have it in Denver. Um, all right. I, I, I want to cover college football. Not so much on the field, uh, except to say uh, Trevor Lawrence looked great against Wake Forest on Saturday night. Did absolutely nothing to disabuse me of my idea that he will be a bust in the National Football League. I still just don't see him having success. But Clemson looks pretty good. Now, um, again... Can the Big 12 looks give terrible. Us, can you please give us... Don't like the cut of his jib. Okay. Just looks... It just right. looks awkward. No, I'm, you just don't I'm, like him. I'm doing, I'm doing what you they... just don't like him. I'm doing what they attacked, uh, what they... What, Moneyball attacked. There's that great scene in Moneyball where he's showing Chad Bradford. Do you remember Chad Bradford, the pitcher for the A's? And he threw Submarine. I mean, he it was even weirder than Kent Colby's motion. It was just this bizarre motion. And the team's basically stopped scouting him or gave up on him because he just threw oddly. And maybe it's just the fact that I, I've never seen quarterbacks who are that tall and that skinny have success. And we've seen them come into the league. I just haven't seen them have success. And I still believe that Trevor Lawrence will not be. I wouldn't take him with the overall number one pick. I'm just saying. Notre Dame looked good. I, I enjoyed seeing that. They did. They they absolutely did uh, over Duke. So two schools that neither you or I could ever have gotten into. Uh, oh no way! No battling problem. it on the field, but uh, not not a lot else. I think you um, the Big Twelve teams look. I mean, it's always top heavy in the Big Twelve. Well, it's you know Oklahoma and, and Oklahoma played Missouri State. So what are they doing playing Missouri State, John? Well, I think you, you have to get people on your schedule that you can get on your schedule this year. I, I think this would be the year where you can't you, you can't really pick on teams anywhere near as much as you in the past. I mean, I think that is a credible argument when uh, Texas beat UTEP, killed them. UTEP, really? UTEP. <laughs> Well, again, who was available for them to play? Now, you know, okay, whatever. <laughs> I, I, I think they can play the conference. Wasn't that the whole deal? Is that and they, they will play just, the conference just as well. stick to the conference schedule. They will play the conference as well. But they just, you know, they're not just playing only the conference. Uh, All right. So what, what about the Big Ten, John? Yes, that was the other thing I wanted to talk about. Um, I... They were going to have a vote yesterday. I guess they didn't come to pass, or at least we've, we've got no information on that. The possibility that they could get back to play by, from what I heard, the earliest would be maybe the second week in October. Mid-October is Mid-October, yes. okay, into the second week of October. Um, I still don't think it's going to happen. Mm -hmm. um, now, perhaps you feel differently. Oh, no, I think well, it's I just less think, than 50%. And I, I think, think part of it is the logistics of ramping the season up by that time. 
I, I think it's going to be a little difficult. I just think they may have overreacted to the medical evidence that came through about long-term effects for younger people. And well, I think they, I, 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 there were two examples of it and two out of, you know, hundreds of thousands of students. I mean, right. I don't, I, I, I think just, they made me made their decision too early. I mean, I even said at the time, I remember having Derek uh, on Derek Abbott and we talked about it at the time. Uh, and I said, I, I, I didn't know why they had to make the decision that early. I thought in that, Knowing what I knew at that time, if I were forced to vote, I would have voted not to have the season. But I just didn't think the decision had to be made that early. They could have waited a, a, a little bit. Certainly, certainly not as late as now. But, but if, if a lot okay. less than a lot later than they did do it, because maybe more information would have come in, and they also would have seen the other three big uh, Power Five conferences, you know, step up yeah. and, and play. And they may have said, you know, let's. Let's give this a let's give this a go. I just think they they panicked a little bit. They overreacted. And you're right. They made the decision too early. A couple of things, though, that I think, you know, that still affect the decision making. And that is that there is if not scientific consensus, there is or medical consensus. There there are concerns of there being a, uh, a ramp up again in cases in cold weather. Yeah, I agree. And I that. think that had something to do with Big Ten decision making sure. as well. You're going to move into cold weather, obviously. God, it snowed in Colorado like a couple of like a last week at some point in time. So I think that had something to do with it. I think the fear of getting everything back in motion again. Now it's the second week in October and the number of cases are going up. I think we've seen that on college campuses, it's very hard to. It, it's it's harder to prevent. The Virginia-Virginia Tech game was canceled. We don't know if they're going to get to play. That was going to be the opening game, but Virginia Tech had a lot of guys who tested positive. Uh, Tennessee had a number of players. They had to stop practicing. The SEC came out and said, I thought this was very, very interesting, Mark. The ACC came out and said, if we get down to eight teams, we can't play. The ACC or the SEC? Uh, the uh, I believe it was the, uh, ACC, the SEC. Right? Oh, the SEC. Okay. I, it was the FCC. Did I say ACC? My apologies. Um, but the fact that they went public with that, I thought was interesting. I think yep. just and, and again, I think it's smart to keep people informed of, you know, this is what our thinking is, because there is the possibility that this could change on a dime. I don't think it will. But I think that's still uh, affecting the decision making in the Big Ten. I think had they voted to your point. Two weeks, 10 days later, I think they probably would be playing. But I don't know with the uncertainty about colder weather if it's going to. I think that's a very good them. point. You have Syracuse in the ACC. You have another, a, a few other, what, Pittsburgh, mm -hmm. uh, cold weather, but not many. No. By far, Maryland would be the, the coldest, next furthest. By north. far, the coldest conference is the Big Ten. Sure. You've got Minnesota, for crying out loud, Michigan, right. Wisconsin. Wisconsin, Ohio. It's it's by far the coldest. It's by right. far the coldest conference. The swing state conference. that way, but it's the coldest conference. <laughs> it's the coldest conference. Penn State. I mean, it is. It's it's the coldest. The swing state coldest conference. Yeah, that's swing what state it coldest con conference. So there it is. So I think that's going to affect them. I agree with you. I think it's less than 50-50. For me, though, I I'm actually creeping up because I thought there was zero chance. Yeah, and yeah. I now think it probably resides forty sixty at best. Um. It's, you know, I just see how, you know, it's the analogy of turning an aircraft carrier is how you right. now 
swing things into play. I don't know what teams have been doing that, you know, maybe perhaps teams have been uh, preparing as best they possibly can um, in case it happens. But uh, we'll see uh, if if we get into the if we get into the fall and we don't have the surge and they start by the end of the month and play only division game, excuse me, conference games through the end of December. And then they can be eligible for some sort of bowl games in January. Maybe some of these uh, the your favorite pool and weed eater bowl, which I believe uh, is defunct decades now. But uh, the Astro Blue Bonnet Bowl, all these bowls that you and I remember that are that are now gone. I'd uh, much rather see the Astro Blue Bonnet Bowl than the Bell Helicopter Military <laughs> Industrial Complex Bowl. Why do you hate the military? <laughs> I don't. You, I just hate the did. top. I just hate the top brass. Yes, there you go. There you go. And you just hate- kidding. You hate all but about seven bowl games as well, I think, needs to be pointed well, out. Well, that, yeah, you know, the, the holiday bowl. You know, what, what is this? The holiday bowl is always a classic. What's the San Diego game that Poinsettia, is? Poinsettia, the San Diego Poinsettia Bowl. Ugh, ugh. Well, that's, yeah, Some that's of those your, things just mean, like, what? what's the point? That's your Northern California elitism. I know. Yes, I agree. of course I it agree. is. Of course it is. Good I'm, not, I'm not arguing that point, John. I uh, relish I relish my elitism every now and then. <laughs> um, all right. I think that's that's about it. There, uh, like I said, not a lot of compelling games uh, in college football. It should be pointed out the Les Miles experiment in Kansas is uh, not going as suspected. Coastal Carolina, which I believe is a surfing academy. I do yeah. believe that Coastal Carolina is not an accredited university. No. It is a surfing academy. For nuns. And they... <laughs> Now, no nuns on surfboards. Well, listen, compelling. I, I'm more in favor of you putting the, the college for nuns by the sea if there is indeed none surfing, because then I think there's a there's a reason for there's it. a purpose for having it by the sea. Yes. Yes, of course. And and, I, and I'm not opposed to that. Um, but that, that that's about it. Uh, games will ramp up over the next couple of weeks. We're going to start to see uh, SEC get started, I believe, next week. Uh, we'll, we'll get to it later this week. We'll look at, we'll look at the big games. Did you watch any college football at all, Mark? Uh, I watched a little of, uh, Navy BYU, not uh, on Saturday, but prior yeah. to that. And I thought, wow, way to show up Navy. Listen, as a, as a Navy Good fan, job, Navy. I like again, Navy. That's my hate, favorite. That's my hate, favorite academy. I don't you, hate the military. You hate the military. I do not. You hate the military. I, I do not hate the military. I like the, the Navy's my favorite. I wanted them to show up, you know, right. although I don't hate BYU the way you hate BYU. I don't care. I don't hate Notre Dame the way you hate Notre Dame. I can't say, you know, what, what's the common thread? You hate BYU, you hate Notre Dame and you hate Trevor Lawrence. Ah, <laughs> just hate, you know, you hate, you hate the fairy tale, John. I, it's, it has, I don't hate Trevor Lawrence. I love Trevor Lawrence as a college football player. I know you hate, you hate the cut of his gym. I do. Which well, I don't like with, the kind of his has to do with his personality. No, it has to do with, the with how he looks. I mean, yeah, the, the the aesthetics of Trevor Lawrence, and I love the long hair. I'm who's elite now? Who's elite now? The aesthetics of Trevor Lawrence. I'm opposed to. I fully admit to it, but you you say, oh, I don't like the San Diego County Bowl because it, you know in a competition it, it 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 makes everybody look look worse if everybody gets in a bowl game at five. It's really just because Southern California should not have another bowl. Though I believe the, the Naval Bell Credit Union Bowl. That's Navy, what, Navy Federal Credit Union. Man, have you ever? That's, oh uh, they deserve a bowl. Gosh, they do not. They the do, Naval see, Federal Credit Union Bowl. 
Uh, yes. What's wrong with what? Why does the name of the bowl bother you? It just points to the fact that it's unnecessary. If the name isn't compelling. How's that any different than just the Tostitos Fiesta Bowl? But it's at least the Fiesta Bowl. At least you still have Fiesta, Rose, Sugar, Orange in there. What's the other big one that I'm missing? Peach. Peach, Cotton. no. Fiesta, Sugar, sugar orange, Rose, Rose, Orange. There's another big one I'm missing. Well, the Fiesta, Rose, Sugar, orange, Sugar are your are your big four. All right, then I'm not missing any. No, you're really not. Are you thinking of you know, the Gator Bowl and the Outback? I'm okay with Outback Bowl. I'm okay with. Why are you okay bowl? with the Outback Bowl? Because the Outback Bowls, it's it's been established as it's a pretty decent name. It's not the Naval Federal Credit Union Bowl, really. Well, what is wrong? Hell, helicopter Military Industrial Complex. Again, bowl? So what are what are the common denominators here? The common denominator. <laughs> you're going to accuse me. It's like as long as it's not named after the military. Well, you know, maybe that's God. it. Maybe, maybe would maybe. you be happy if it were the baby killer bowl? Is that what you want, Mark? No, is that where you stand? I do on not. This? I do not. My God, why do you have hate our people? And I'd like to say that I I salute all of our people in as do I. Our all folks our in people, uniform. All our people well, in uniform. Active duty or retired. Mark, I salute. You. I do not. I yeah. do not hate them. Wow. I respect them and salute them. And we are very lucky to have the military we've had. And I do not take any of that for granted. However, I'm not a supporter of the Naval Credit Federal Credit Union Bowl. I'm not a supporter of the Bell Helicopter Military Industrial Bowl. I'm not a I'm not a fan of the Poinsettia Bowl. I'm not a fan of some of the other bowls that are out there. Let's let's look at some of the other bowls. You know, let, let's take a let's take a look right now, John. Let me, let me. You know what? Can I give the answer to our progressive trivia while you're doing that? Is that or you know you would have to multitask far too much, but I think I should give the answer. Well, and, I'll tell you what. I'll, we'll we'll share, and you can give all the clues as well. How about that? All right, I'll give all the clues, and then we'll let Mark run through the bowl games, and I'll tell you why they're compelling. All right, so here we go. Nothing like seeing the fifth place ACC team versus the sixth place SEC team. That's good football. I spent 10 plus years in the National Football League. I played for multiple teams, all in the NFC. I'm a five time Pro Bowler, career number 600 plus reception, 7,500 plus yards, 70 plus touchdowns. I believe 75 after yesterday. I have only missed seven games my entire career. I played in the ACC at Miami. I've been a first team All Pro. I led the league in touchdown receptions. Final set of clues. Never won a Super Bowl. I'm in the top three touchdown receptions by active players. He is actually number three. I played four seasons of college hoops at Miami and only one of football. I scored the Chicago Bears' first touchdown of 2020 on a pass from the aforementioned Mitchell Trubisky. The answer is Jimmy Graham. I had forgotten that Jimmy Graham only played one year of uh, football at uh, Miami. And I believe it was uh, he had a year of eligibility because he graduated early. They played four years on the basketball team. All right. Well, there it is. Congratulations to Joe Connolly, who got it right first. And I'm going to go through some of these bowls that I also hate above and beyond the Naval Federal Credit Union Bowl and the Bell Helicopter Military Industrial Complex Bowl. First of all, the Bahamas Bowl, really? The, they played in the Bahamas. The Camellia Bowl. The, the what? The Camellia Bowl, John. Camellia Bowl played in Montgomery, Alabama. 
It's usually the Mac versus the Sun Belt. Ooh, pop wow, the popcorn. You so see, you don't believe the Mac and the Sun Belt uh, teams that do well should be I, given bowl games at the end of the I season think, as, a, as a reward if they win their conferences or if they if that's have it an, just the conference and, winner eight and two record or even seven and three or seven Maybe and four. Six it's and only six. the big conference teams that get to go six and six, Mark. It's never the Louisianas of the world or the Ball States of the world that go six and six. Those go to like you know Arn when they're six and six or Gasper. Gasper Gasparilla Bowl in Tampa. Yeah. Wow. Gasparilla is a big, big pirate festival over there in Tampa. You would love it. The Mitsubishi Motors Las Vegas Bowl. That's fine, I suppose. The Myrtle Beach Bowl. It's in Myrtle Beach. You're a That's a degenerate okay. gambler. New Mexico Bowl. Uh, Serve Pro First Responder Bowl. I, I suppose. Yeah, I go ahead. Go after that. You must hate I, that, too. I know. I should support that one. That's for sure. Good Lord. SoFi Hawaii Bowl. Tropical Smoothie Cafe Frisco Bowl. Really? That's played at, uh, I believe they play that at um, the, the the baseball stadium, which used to be AT&T Park. I, think. I don't know what it is anymore. Um, it's in uh, it's in Frisco. It's in Frisco, Texas. Oh, okay. Never mind. And the, the, the tie-ins are the AAC or Conference USA or MAC or MWC. Yay. Ooh. Wow. You just you just don't like small conference football. You hate small conference football. You are you are the NCAA. The Liberty Bowl. I could get behind the Liberty Bowl. The Cheez It Bowl, really? That's in Orlando. Oh, by the way. That's ACC Big Twelve. I'm not in favor of, of the fifth used to be place the, ACC team playing the fifth place Big Twelve team, John. Well, I'd rather see eight and two Mac teams in there. Oh, I am not an elitist when it comes to this. I am trying to eliminate mediocre power five schools from getting to play a bowl game. I am the opposite of an elitist on this, and you, my friend, are all in favor of the status quo. Right? I nope. Just like I love postseason college football. I think it's fun to see teams from different conferences that you would not, not otherwise see play each other. There's the Cherry Bundy Boca Raton Bowl. That's in Boca Raton at the Howard Schellenberger Field at FAU. Normal tie-in is AAC, C USA or MAC. The Duke's Mayo Bowl. All right, ACC Big Ten. So the Duke's Mayo Bowl, ACC and Big Ten. I'm guessing it's you know Purdue. Versus North Carolina State or something wow. like that. That's a good really? basketball game. It's a hell of a basketball game, actually. It, well, there you go. <laughs> Let's watch college basketball at that time of year, and it's thriving in January or in late. Oh, Come on man. now. Sunbelt's having a good year already. A couple of upsets this year already. Uh, I just, I. One of my favorite segments is actually telling you about all the bowl games with teams that who knows. Who knows what? And John talking about why why uh, it's going to be a compelling, why it's compelling game. Those, those are compelling games to me. I, I, I love that stuff. All right. All right. All right uh, before we get out of here, we said tonight we both believe that uh, Pittsburgh Covers. will, uh, will uh, cover. I think they'll win outright uh, and cover and yeah, also slap another and, and slap another 10 points on. I believe all of those things will happen. They are the favorite. What are they? Six point favorites, six point favorites over the Giants. Yeah. So I think they cover that. And then Tennessee's a favorite at Denver. I'll take Denver. I, I am, too. I am, too. I don't think Denver straight up. I, I don't trust Tennessee this year. And again, I didn't trust Tennessee last year. If you think about it, they no. they barely snuck in and then they got hot in the playoffs. Yeah. And maybe that, maybe that carries over for them. I mean, they played really in the playoffs. They played one bad half of football and it was unfortunately the second half of the AFC championship game. 
Uh, but other than that, I mean, they they were they were the story of the playoffs last year, certainly. But I I don't I'm not finding a lot of people who think they're going to parlay that into consistent success. We'll see. It's week one though, so they'll probably go up and they'll slap sixty on the on Denver, and then win four more games for the rest of the season. All right, before we get out of here, anything else you feel the need to touch on? Anything else I feel the need to touch on? Uh, just the fact that the Giants. Padres, there were two cancellations. Uh, Alex Dickerson, a player for the Giants, tested positive, and so there was a four-game series slated for San Diego. They had to cancel two, and then they played a doubleheader yesterday, so they got three out of the four in there, and um, San Diego just rolled over the Giants. San Diego is a great baseball team they're going to give they're going to give los angeles a run for their money in the national league well and talk about you know talk about teams in the postseason that uh are basically built to break your heart the los angeles dodgers are certainly that team you just wonder will it happen during the expanded playoffs this year or will it happen in, in the world series because it looks like they're going to go wire to wire in that division and we should uh throw out a little love to our friend Ann Macklin. She's a big Chicago Cubs fan and uh they they, they had a new no hitter over the weekend. So they congratulations. Did. They did, and I, I should I should have memorized the kid's name, but it's a great story because I believe he walked onto his college baseball team. He was a twenty second round pick uh in major league baseball. Uh uh one of our uh show fans, David Lowe, who uh went to dentistry school at Northwestern, big Chicago Cubs fan. He texted me when he's like, we're two outs away from a no hitter. And I did not do what I normally would do, which is I would put the game on. But I've just had I, he texted me the other day when the Orioles were up on the Yankees. Uh, Alec Mills. Thank you, David Lowe, listening to the show. Um, I'm watching the show. Um, but he texted me that my, my Orioles were up on the Yankees. And uh, of course, I, I tuned in for extra innings and they lost. So I did not turn it on. So I think Alec Mills owes me a debt of gratitude for not killing right. his moment. Good call, and I thought you would have shamed David Lowe as well for saying, what are you doing talking about it with two out, outs left, David? And you didn't do that. You resisted shaming your friend. Is texting talking about it? How does that, how does that fit in the, in the pantheon of, uh, of, of destroying good karma, which, which we all believe that completely, you know, my, my wife does not believe that there are, that I still will get out of the chair I'm sitting in and move if my team is losing. Yeah, no, I know. I know how that works. We all know how that works, and somehow magically it affects the game. It really does. At least we all believe that. Uh, but, yeah, no, I, I'm very happy about that. That's a lot of fun. The Cubs, I think, could make some noise in the playoffs. It's going to be a very interesting time. I think the Cubs will be there. I think the Braves could make some noise. And certainly the Padres, I think, will give the Dodgers the toughest time. But last year, no one suspected that the Nationals would have been the team right. to knock the Dodgers off in the division round. Right. And remember, it's two out of three, John. Yeah. The first round is two out of three. So it's going to be interesting. Anything can happen in a two out of three. The NBA used to have that, remember? And there there was a lot of upsets in the first round. Oh, most famously when the Denver Nuggets yeah. with Dikembe Mutombo at center, I think a team that averaged, what did they average, Mark, between 18 and 30 points a game yeah, as a I team? It, I think it was 12. 
<laughs> and they came up against the Seattle Supersonics, I believe, at the time, who were the number one seed. Yeah. And I don't know what the equivalent of the President's Cup is in uh, in the NBA, but I think they led the, at least led the West in scoring, and they just got shut down. And that's one of the reasons they moved the first round to a best of seven. Yeah. Because yeah. So it's going to be, you know, there's 16 teams. There's eight teams in each league that will qualify. So that first round is is the best of three. Now, see, I I don't yeah. like the one game playoff, though I do I do admit that the drama of it in the moment of watching it is is good. I just always feel at the end of it, I really would like to see these teams play a three game se- at least a three game series. You know, um, just because I think in baseball, particularly, any one game means little or nothing. Um, at any point in time, but the, the, the two out of three, oof, that's going to be, that's going to be some cutthroat baseball. It is right now. I don't see anyone touching the Dodgers at all, but not to the divisional round. I didn't see anyone touching the Dodgers last year. The Dodgers were the best team in major league baseball throughout the entire season. Yep. And they've been the same this year. This is a loaded ball club and they are loaded for the future as well. They are incredibly well run and if you're a Dodger fan, obviously you won a World Series, but you've won seven straight divisions. You are clearly the dominant team in the West, and you've got to be happy with where your franchise is going. And with but, yeah, it's been it's been 32 years, John. Right. It's been 32 years. Most of the people on the planet were probably not born when the Dodgers last won the World Series. Think of it that way. Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy. By the way, that Alec Mills uh, no-hitter for the Cubs, the 16th in Cubs history. All right. So congratulations. Congratulations to the Cubbies. Absolutely. We've got, we've got a couple of, of Cub you know, listeners, regular listeners that are big Cubs fans, so we're happy for you. All right. Well, we've uh, we've done this the first time we've done it without Jeff. I think, uh, Mark, I, I golf clap in your general direction. I think you did an outstanding job. What a guy. Thank you. Handling Johnny. the technical aspects of the show. Uh, something that I hope never to have to learn. Um, and I will fight against if you try to get me to learn it. Uh, we'll be back on Wednesday. By then, we'll know what the entire first week of the NFL has been. Um, we ha- we. We didn't have any huge shocker, Mark, in my mind. We didn't have a huge shocker yesterday. So the only thing I could see as a huge shocker tonight would be if the Giants somehow blew out the Steelers. Yeah, that's that would happen. be. And I, I, I don't I don't see that happening as well. Not a not not a good weekend for uh, New York sports uh, football fans anyway, as far as we can see. All right. So that's it from here. I'm John Pelkey. Uh, that's Mark Ferreira. If you're listening on the podcast, what I just said means absolutely nothing. But we'll be back on Wednesday. See you later, everyone.